video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch. Hello, my name is Justin McClure, and here today with Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Base Street Video Podcast, where we go through all of this week's new Blu-rays and DVDs. Yes, we do. And we got a big list for you this week. Thousands, thousands of Blu-rays and DVDs. This is like taking me back to when we first started this, and we were drowning in titles every week. And let's start in the cult section with... Django, Django. Wait a minute, hasn't <laughs> is this, this finally already here? been released? Why is there another one? Kind of, but kind of not. I mean, most of our listeners are probably familiar with this situation, but you know, Arrow put out Django. What was it? Two, three years ago now, for about three days, and then had to quickly take it out of circulation because Blue Underground, who still have their own releases of this film out, took it back. There was a whole rights issue over that. And I guess they worked it out because here we got a brand new, brand spanking new 4K edition for you. Yeah, if you didn't buy that Blu-ray that came out before like a sucker, now I you know. got the 4K edition. We're uh, we're 4K queens now, right, Mark? That's yeah, all yeah, that we of course, consume? of course. Yeah, still, still looking at buying a 4K player someday, someday, maybe, someday, one day. So. <laughs> And I missed out on the first era release of this because I didn't realize it was going to be, you know. Uh, I got the first one that was pulled from the shelves. Yeah, you got one. Well, we got like 10 of them, I think, and we sold them all right away. And that was it. We just couldn't get any more. So you, technically you had like a, an illegal copy of Django. <laughs> that was like three years ago, I believe. It was like three years ago. And this one looks exactly the same as that one did, which caused one of my coworkers to even joke. Like, did they just use the same packages as the previous release? I think they did because they just, and they just slapped a 4K sticker on it and then like swapped out the discs. So moving on, we have Arrow releasing the Bill Rebane collection, Weird Wisconsin. Are you familiar with the work of Bill Rebane? I am not, shockingly. Um, I'd love to be, though. This looks like a great set, and it's, yeah, it looks beautiful on the shelf. I assume you're into this guy. Yes, though. I am. Uh, what's weird about this film set is that it does not feature any of his famous movies. Oh. So it doesn't have uh, Rana, uh, Legend of Shadow Lake, which is also croaked Frog Monster from Hell. It doesn't have Giant Spider Invasion. It doesn't have Blood Harvest. Instead, it has all the other films that he made, <laughs> which is like his first few, like very stripped down, people waiting around in rooms. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> it has Demons of Ludlow, which is probably his, is one of his famous ones. But I was shocked because I was like, oh, I, I thought Rana Shadow Lake was on this. And it's like, it's not. Or you also have Monster Gogo and Twister's Revenge, which is a monster truck movie. So who is Bill Rebane for, you know, people like me who have no idea who this guy He's is? He's an independent filmmaker who started at his own film studio in Wisconsin after a bunch of different failed ventures. And he made very odd films. And he has also turned into a completely deranged uh, conspiracy nut if you visit BillRebane.com, which I watched the documentary about him and they touch on it very briefly in passing that I feel like most people watching would have missed the fact that like he wrote this big long screed about COVID being coming here from the Chinese on toilet Ooh, paper no no Bill <laughs> yikes so do they have a lot of material with him on this or is he just problematic so the feature length documentary he barely appears in it but he has supposedly interviews on each disc which i haven't gotten to yet and are these movies fun then i guess fun is an operative word there's the, the documentary is great they get a lot of talking heads like uh steven r Bissett, and they he talks about how like they're basically christian scare films even though, like, they have the same structures as those. And that, like, Bill, for a guy who really wants to make movies, doesn't want to go into the exploitative elements that, you know, would help sell these movies. Right. <laughs> so you get a lot of, like, Lynchian characters walking or wading through rooms. Ooh, see, that speaks to me. That speaks right to me. <laughs> and the feature-length stock, which is two hours, is excellent and does feature uh, many appearances of Matt Farley and Charlie Roxburgh. Beautiful, yeah. I saw you were talking about that. I'm so happy to hear they're finally getting... Uh, getting their due on... Uh... And I was like, ah, oh, they must have heard of uh, uh, the work that Golden Ninja Video put out, um, you know, putting out your movies. And Matt was like, no, they just searched Bill Rebane and they found the song I did about him. So they wanted to talk to us. And I'm like, well, fine then. <laughs> did they plug Golden Ninja on the special features? They did not, <laughs> uh, no. They would have cut it out even. If yeah, they, they probably would have. Uh, Matt Farley featured less than Charlie Roxburgh. But uh, there is clips of Don't Let the River Beast Get You at the end. That's great. That's great. So we also have 12 Monkeys, a steelbook. All right. Yay. 
You know, this was already out. I mean, I like 12 Monkeys. <laughs> Moving on. Yes, finally, Blue Underground, the final countdown, the Kurt Douglas uh, time traveling movie. Uh, I've never seen this one. Uh, this... No, me neither. I'd be like, this is a boring one, right? This just seems like one that's always, this is a Blue Underground standard, you know? It's another one they've released, you know, a thousand times. So now. we also have Act for Something's Weird, Love After Death, The Good, The Bad, and The Beautiful. I am unfamiliar with these films. Me too. Sorry, yeah. The Something Weird collabs with Agfa are ones that I'm generally not as drawn to than like the Bleeding Skull ones, which are a little more like, you know, 80s, 90s, SOV kind of so stuff. So we also have All-American Murder uh, from Vinegar Syndrome. Did you watch this one? I did not. I, w- I was wanted to get around. Oh, I, I could have sworn I recommended it to you. Oh, it was a delight. What I didn't know was that it was written by the guy who did Crimes of Passion, the Ken Russell movie, and who did like a bunch of like Agatha Christie adaptations. And so it's like every line is like a Shane Black one-liner. It's also like a One Crazy Night movie where it's a guy who was probably most famous for playing Ferris Bueller on the TV show is like a guy who moves to a new school and he has to like solve the murder of his girlfriend who was burned alive and the only person helping him is Christopher Walken who looks like he escaped from like a last action hero uh, type movie like he's introduced like uh, diffusing a uh, hostage situation by bringing the uh, criminal's like hot wife to the scene and like pissing him off by insinuating that he had sex with her. Nice. So is this like a great Christopher Walken performance in this? Yes, like, uh, he doesn't star. He's co-starring. Right, right. Even though they've plastered his face like right front and center on this. Yeah, the whole movie is just like a delight. It's not a giallo, as people have called it. They're like, it's like an American giallo. No. Uh, there's like there's one murder at the beginning and I think there's one other murder where someone gets a drill to the head but then all the rest are in the last like 10 minutes of the picture for reasons that become clear to anyone who watches it and realizes oh this is a mystery and you go okay I know who the murderer is like there's certain ways a murder happened that uh, indicate why it is no I definitely want to watch this one this is like one of those that I remember haunting the video store shelves when I was a kid and always seen that cover but yeah so I'm glad that Vinegar Syndrome is still digging through the vaults for these uh, things. I also watched the next release Vinegar Syndrome's The Cellar this is a Kevin Tinney film, the director of Night at the Demons. And I like the guy as a director. I think he's fun. I love his commentary tracks. Like, because he also did Witchboard, which was a Vinegar Syndrome release. No, was it Witchboard or Witch Trap? I always get confused. Yeah, he directed both of them. Because I've seen one of them and I can't remember which one it is now. Witch Trap is the one that is all dubbed because something happened to the audio when they uh, were shooting. I think Witch Trap's the one that Vinegar Syndrome put. Yes, that's the one the Vinegar Syndrome put out. Which and the board? Cellar, I think I've seen which board, though. I don't think I've seen Speaking of getting which. confused, I thought until I started playing this movie that it was Cellar Dweller, a different film right. that Shout had put out. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't really like that movie, but I was like, I'll give it another try. Vinegar Syndrome was putting it out. I'm a sucker. I bought the whole monthly package. And then when I found out it wasn't and that it was a, a Home Alone style kid has to deal with a monster movie. Mm, that's right up my alley. <laughs> yeah. Is it good? I mean, it looked oh, good. Oh, I had a delight. Yeah, I found it delightful. I was a little bit surprised that like I enjoyed it more than most people. And this release is fun because it's the first time the director's cut has ever been released. The story behind this movie is funny, which is the screenwriter of the film was directing it. After a couple of days, the producers panicked, fired uh, the director and hired Kevin Tinney as like, you know, just a pickup guy. And so he rewrote the script on the fly and he shot the movie, delivered the cut, and then they recut it after that (laughs) and added new scenes, voiceover, reshuffled scenes. And that's what everyone's known until now, which was this release. And Kevin, the director, and the stars do commentary on both versions. Oh, wow. We also have Summer Camp Girls, another Vinegar Syndrome porn release. And this is a Gary Graver movie. Any good? I wish I could know. There's no special features on this contextualizing it in any way. <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> it's, listen, it's a porn film. Yeah, yeah that, that's all I got. <laughs> we have Heavy Trip. Uh, I do not know what this is. So this is a newer film, actually, but I didn't put it on the new list because it's been out, like, it did get released on DVD when it first came out 
two, three years ago. So it's one of their new lines there. They've teamed up with Music Box to do like their Music Box selects. Yeah, Vinegar Syndrome has all these partner labels now. And one of which is they're keynoting it. One of which is Music Box, which they've took on, taken on and their genre label Doppelganger, which released this on DVD a few years back. Uh, but I don't know. I heard this was fun. It is a, a Finnish, I believe. Uh, yeah, it's a Finnish like uh, Finnish comedy horror movie about like a heavy metal band in uh, who's journeying through Norway, I believe. Um, but yeah, I know. I remember people liked this when it came out, but uh, and now it's gotten kind of. But it, the DVD didn't have much in the way of special features, so Vinegar Syndrome has upgraded that. According. So to we also have Eye of the Tiger being released by Scorpio uh, Kino. This is a Gary Busey uh, starring film. I'm not a big fan of this one. I've never seen this. Looks kind of fun. It looked kind of fun. Yeah, people like packaging, it. Yeah, in the bad movie circles. But uh, yeah, I've never actually checked it this out. This is Richard Serafian that made this one, right? Yeah, he's kind of hit or miss. So yeah. we also have Revenge of the Bushido Blade being released by Dark Forces, and I picked this one up. And uh, this is Miss. Leading packaging, I would say, which it makes it even better. It's actually kind of like The Five Bloods about a bunch of soldiers who get back together and, you know, go through their past and bad stuff that they did. As they're also... <laughs> that is not at all what I would think this movie is about. <laughs> as, as well as they're being hunted by Leo Fong, one of the Z-grade stars of action films before he kind of tumbled into that role as the survivor of a massacre the soldiers did at the beginning of the movie. So it's pretty low-key, doesn't really have any action scenes, but it does feature Philip Baker Hall acting his heart out with Cameron Mitchell. No way. Great. <laughs> so, and there's an amazing interview uh, with Leo Fong on the disc, and you get to see the guy who runs Dark Forces. Does he have dreads? Perhaps. Oh, God. <laughs> does he Is look he like he's guy? in a weird mansion? Yes. <laughs> Great. Uh, we also have another Dark Forces release, Terror Express. I am not that familiar with this one, actually. Me neither. It looks like a train giallo, from what I can tell. Yeah, this is like somebody crashing through a window on the art. You know, train set movies are fun. Are they, Mark? Are they? Yeah, maybe. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. What's this? The next release, Raw from Shout Factory. Are you getting Shout Factory releases in? Uh, barely. You know, the Shout Factory situation, It's they're starting to trickle in, but all the big ones like Event Horizon, King Kong, Explorers was supposed to be out this week. King Kong has been delayed for so long. And I, I mean, I'm going to grab it when it comes out. And then like the rest of the world, we're watching it. I'll be like, oh, man, this isn't very good. I know. Well, Event Horizon was due back in March and we still haven't gotten it. Also not very good. Oh, I disagree. You, I, you know my disagree. opinion is that. All right. Well, we'll get into Event Horizon when it finally shows up on our you know door. what i'll watch it when it finally comes out i don't know if i'll be getting that blu-ray <laughs> okay but. okay i'm gonna hold you to that i'm gonna hold you to that um but no so with shout i don't know what it is there's last week we got wildcats in um this week we got raw and a couple more we'll talk about here um maybe it's because they don't have slip covers and it ha I, w I wonder if it has something to do with the slip cover situation i don't know but all like the bigger collector's editions like event horizon and king kong have just are still delayed oh no I are think... they pulling a vinegar syndrome they just don't want no stores to stock i mean our last anymore? update no it's this whole technicolor shutdown situation in canada is still affecting it so we've been told next week we're probably going to get them but i'll believe it when i see it at this point you know this movie didn't actually do a ton for oh me. it was too hyped you got hyped when i i know i saw it at midnight madness when they premiered it and yeah i think i was just too hyped for it you know i was a big fan of french horror especially like grotty french horror movies and i thought this would be right up my alley and i thought it was okay like i don't think it was bad or anything it just didn't uh do much for me well you're wrong people love this movie i also think it's good yeah not great I don't love it. Yeah, it's good. But I, I appreciate the craft of it. I thought, it, yeah, it has like, maybe it's just the whole cannibalism thing maybe just doesn't. Yeah, I am not a fan of cannibalism style stuff. So moving on, we have the Groove Tube, which I feel like I should put, I should pick up because for some baffling <laughs> yeah. reason, it was my dad's like favorite movie. He would talk so longingly <laughs> about like seeing the Groove Tube as a kid. Oh man, boomers love this movie. <laughs> Do they? Like, what's going on? Like, I, I saw it when I was a kid. I was like, that's not very good. I even saw it as part of a shock and awe 12-hour, like, marathon screening. Still not very good. I've never seen this, but I've always heard about it because it is something we get asked about 
all the time and it's been out of print it's been unavailable for years and years um but i don't know what it is i know the owner of the store who is like a, a boomer older guy loves it you know he always would quote it's just things. like a lesser version of kentucky fried movie i don't know i guess certain skits in this seem to stick out to people who grew up with this or who saw it at like a more impressionable age a more stoned age yeah more stoned age, actually you know basically. i say it's a rip-off of kentucky fried movie the groove tube actually came out in 74 kentucky fried movie came out in 77 yeah it was a precursor to it so you know precursor to snl with some of the actors going on to there so yeah chevy chase is in it everyone loves chevy chase right right richard belzer's in there so finally hence tooth is putting it hence tooth a company i thought had folded 10 years ago i know that's another one like media blasters where i'm like oh they're still around they still make stuff but yeah this is a brand new blu-ray release from them so uh we also have ultraman leo the complete series more ultraman folks there's our like you know <laughs> monthly ultraman update and there's more coming out soon so, get so ready moving that. on to the classic section, we have Nightmare Alley, the Edmund Goulding film. I'm a fan of this one. I saw it when I went to the Nitrate Picture Show and they showed it on Nitrate. Oh, nice. Yeah, I haven't seen this, but I definitely want to. I like anything that's described as a horror noir and has, you know... Well, oh, it takes place at a carnival, too. Didn't Guillermo del Toro finish shooting this? I think so. And I know exactly what Guillermo del Toro's version is going to look yeah, like. <laughs> probably, yeah, not good. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Guillermo del Toro fans. I think I once had to cut out a whole Gilmel del Toro uh, rant that we had on here because it was too spicy. Because <laughs> I was going too hard. Mark's, Mark's a madman. Uh, you know what? I, lo- I love the guy. I love the guy. You know, I love him talking. I've seen him, you know, introduce movies. Great. Has he ever come to the store? Considering that no, he lives in Toronto? No, he's never come to the store. He's never come to the store. He, My partner used to work at a bookstore in Toronto on the Danforth and he came in there one time. But he's never come into the video store, not once. Weird. You'd think that he would come. You'd think he would have stopped by at some point. Or he's just so rich. He just orders it all online, right? Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like a lot of these people don't. And he knows that if he goes into a store, he's going to be swamped by goddamn nerds. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, right? And it's not like we're a used store necessarily where you can find, like, things you never... I mean, I'm sure a lot of what we have... But when he's that rich, can't you just order, like, at exorbitant prices, used stuff online? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Can't he just send somebody to get it, like, and they'll just? You know find what? It for That's him. probably what he does. Yeah, I don't think he really spends much time sourcing these things himself. Yeah, he's right? not like us, um, you know, the workers, the uh... <laughs> the workers hunting through bargain bins everywhere. Uh, I want COVID to go away so I can finally go back to hunting through bargain bins. I mean, I feel Mark. Come on, you haven't hunted through a bargain bin in what? Dude, I've been hunting through bargain bins like my whole life. Have you? But you work in a video store. There's still something great about you know. I don't know if all giant tigers have this, but if you still go into a giant tiger, giant tiger bargain bins are the best because they actually have legit stuff. And you're like, where did these come from? Like, I remember picking up like some of those uh, discontinued, uh, what's the name of the company? Studio Canal Discs? Like the Lady Killers for like five bucks? Picked up the Blu-ray of Going Down the Road after that had been out of print for like several years for like five dollars. Brand new copies of these things. And then they also have smatterings of like great trash. Like they have, usually have a lot of those old like MGM trash discs from like the the past they're like long out of print they have tons of out of print stuff that i just like i don't know where they get it must like fallen off the back of a truck i somewhere. remember uh one of my great bargain bin finds was outside of a, a used bookstore in toronto which i never look at because that's the real the real trash like the two dollar dvd show up there yeah 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 because they don't care if people steal them you the know classic <laughs> christmas rush on dvd Ooh, i love christmas rush <laughs> or I breakaway I photo when i picked it up too or it's retitled breakaway on the dvd yeah breakaway right? so you got to be a real fan to know what it is that's probably why they tossed it in the bargain been because they didn't know what it was because that dvd goes for a lot of money because well I, I lucked out on that too my partner snagged a copy of that when she worked at the used bookstore and it came they also sold used dvds and it came in and i was like oh my god we got it for free and this thing is going on going for like so too much money online way too much money great film though great film moving on we have rosemary's baby i mean Come on, man. Well, these next two. Let's Rosemary's Baby and Days of Heaven. Paramount's getting into the Blu-ray game. I didn't check out what the special features on nothing, these are. Nothing. Nothing. So, nothing? Well, these two were two of the big titles that went out of print from Criterion a few months back when they lost that Paramount deal. So now Paramount, who've never put out their own Blu-rays of these, have decided, well, we're going to put out our own Blu-rays now. No special features. Nothing. Like, these are just 
bargain like these are just movie only editions so basically if you missed out on the criterion ones and you don't care about special features here you go but also if you're a huge days of heaven fan imprint just announced their august slate and they're doing days of heaven so So. we also have lights of old broadway okay you know what we have a lot of kino ones here i'm not familiar with many of them so Let's uh, keep a uh, moving. I don't know why suddenly I'm Mario. Yeah, I'm not familiar with this. Uh, Lights of Old Broadway. We have um, When Twins Are Separated at Birth. Listen, if you want this, you're going to pick it This is a Marion Davies musical, you know. Here, if you, We you, also have Ponette, a Jacques Doualon film. I am not familiar with that filmmaker. Uh, me neither. I just know this was a huge foreign film import from the 80s that was like, you know, you know, one of those foreign films that just crossed over to America and like won all the Academy Awards. It's one of those type of it's things. It's called, uh, and we also have have a night of the following day this is a marlon brando film this is a weird one (laughs) from his fallow period have you seen this movie no i have not this is a bizarre one i just watched this because uh well i watched this years back but i watched it mainly because people talked about how strange the ending was for this i'm like ooh, I, i like that um and yeah the ending is strange it's also abrupt and doesn't really make a lot of sense but <laughs> um it's weird it's definitely a weird one it's basically marlon brando is like basically kidnapped a, or has taken a, a couple hostage in their like seaside house or whatever and then the ending kind of makes it seem like spoiler alert everything was a dream Ugh, terrible it's one of those kind of endings where like it basically goes back to the beginning and you're like oh so wait this whole movie never happened or what's going so on we here? also have honky tonk freeway uh okay mm, john schlesinger pick here i think yeah i think john schlesinger has previously been uh we, we've you know, dissected him yeah yeah one of us is a fan of day of the locust one of us is this not. guy right here. <laughs> no one can see who you're pointing at mark <laughs> I pointed at myself. <laughs> so you're definitely picking up Honky Tonk Freeway then, right? No, no. I've never uh, seen it. This one's been out of print, right? Has it had DVD released before? It has been. I think Anchor Bay put it out initially. So yeah. we also have Million Dollar Mystery. Now this is up my alley. Richard Fleischer and people solving a mystery. So this sounds like Rat Race, but, but like before Rat Race in the 80s. As we like to say, before Rat Race, BRR, as when you describe movies. Big Rat Race fan. <laughs> I mean, this has an insane cast. Tom Bosley, Rick Overton, Eddie Deason. Uh, so yeah, definitely everyone needs to pick this one yeah, up. Yeah, I think this was another old... Uh, Anchor Bay DVD release. I think Kino has the rights to a lot of these old Anchor Bay DVDs because they're putting out a bunch. Oh, this was Richard Fletcher's final film. It was, right, right. Uh, We also have Smile. Yeah, for my man, Michael Ritchie, probably his most famous and critically acclaimed movie. Uh, Yeah, I enjoyed it when I watched it a little while ago, as my voice goes up. It's not as satirical as I wish it was. It's about, like, a town, kind of like almost Altman-esque. They, like, host a beauty contest. Kind of like a Drop Dead Gorgeous, before Drop Dead Gorgeous. Bruce Dern has a big role in it, in Smile, and he's very fun. And uh, and this is a Fun City Editions release, which is another Vinegar Syndrome imprint. So they put a bunch of special features on this, right? That's pretty low. So we also have Fun with Dick and Jane from Sony. Ah, my favorite Jim Carrey. What? 1977? Yeah, I'm ashamed to admit I've only seen the (laughs) Jim Carrey version. No, wear that badge proudly. Yeah, I know. Uh, Well, that movie, the Jim Carrey version's terrible. Absolutely atrocious. It's great. Okay, phew. All right, dodge that bullet. We also have The Green Years from Grasshopper and Change of Life, two films by Paul Rocha, a Portuguese filmmaker I've never heard of. Yeah, me neither. He's been compared to kind of like French New Wave artists, though. Um, at the time, his stuff looks kind of Romer-esque, if you will. When you said French New Wave, I was like, ooh, like Truffaut or Godard. And it's like, no, Romer. I'm like, oh, man. Bourgeois Kevin Smith? From the descriptions on the back, they seem Romer-esque. But maybe I'm wrong. I haven't seen these. Uh, but it's nice that, uh, you know, his stuff has largely been unavailable. So Grasshopper is finally digging into that vault. So we also have Ch- uh, Athena, a Warner Archive musical release. And The Tender Trap, a sexy film from Warner Archives, I can only assume, based on this cover. Ooh, yeah, Frank Sinatra's in that one, right? Sexy Frank. <laughs> Nothing says sex appeal like Frank. We also have Betty's White's Pet Set, the complete series. You're a fan of this, right? <laughs> this is a show where, from the 70s, I believe, where Betty White hosted a talk show where she invited famous people on. and their Sounds pe- like the sets would be covered in shit. Yeah, uh, there's a photo of Burt Reynolds on the back. with. Whatever. Are you a Golden Girls fan, Mark? Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for being a friend. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> thank thank you yeah that was kind of depressing the way you said that <laughs> so we also have ah finally, finally. Shot, step into the game where no one else will city slickers 2 the legend of curly's See, gold you know, we might not have event horizon or king kong yet but we have city slickers 2 the legend of curly's gold so all is right in the world all never is right. seen it don't want to pierce that you've never no, seen this don't actually. want to pierce the like the, the the hilarity of the title by actually watching the film i've seen this and it's about what you'd expect from a sequel to city slickers but hey john lovitz shows up for this one so there you john, go i can't do john lovitz john lovitz so we also have oh my god two more g kids shout steelbook releases of miyazaki movies yeah cat returns and whisper of the heart they're just doing all these now in steelbooks so there's nothing to say here i like the cat returns a lot though it's one of uh, i feel the most underrated we also have the snoopy collection what what does that entail these are like peanuts short films that are on blu-ray for the first time i don't know people really like all centered around snoopy i don't know let's move on let's move on, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> that's all i got yeah, keep moving keep it moving. looks nice it looks nice if you're like a peanuts fan i'm sure you'll be into this uh, i mean me and you are definitely a fans of the next title rugrats the complete series get ready for the cgi rugrat movie a show that's coming oh, out soon great yeah looking forward to that uh no just stick with the original it's hilarious great times and it's never been available in a complete box set before it was only like these scattered does this shot include volumes. the ones where they're adults as well i don't remember what that show was called uh, yeah i don't know this is just the series i don't think it includes even the movies or anything so but whatever that's all you need you just need so we the also have mission impossible 25th anniversary edition so yeah i mean apparently they've newly remastered this one which is kind of odd because mission impossible came out on 4k ultra hd like four or five years ago <laughs> and they've, and remastered they've remastered it but again? this is not a 4k release this is just a blu-ray release so but i don't know i mean i love mission impossible it also comes with an impossible mission force uh car decal so you can show every Everybody that you're part of the IMF. Don't use it. Wait, you're not supposed to do that though. No, I know. <laughs> yeah, I Anything guess that you put the decal on will explode. It will. It will. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but be I love careful this with movie. that. Mission Impossible is great. Uh, it's no Mission Impossible two. No, I'm not a fan of two either. Yeah, Mission Impossible two is great. Ah, uh, come on. No, I prefer one on. where they kill everybody in the at the beginning of the first. Yeah, act. including Emilio Estevez in the most horrifying. Who I always seek is Richard Dreyfus for some reason. <laughs> I know he does kind of look like Richard Dreyfus. Emilio. Though. Emilio. I just remember his face like getting right. Yeah. Into... Ugh, there's a shot of like a dummy Emilio's face going into the spike. Oh, it's the most hor. It was probably the number one most horrifying thing I saw in a movie as a child. How will he coach the mighty? sucks now i know man i know all right so the rest of these movies that paramount's putting out they're really oh, yeah uh, we got a huge slate of paramount stuff here <laughs> you got some of mark's favorite like a night at the roxbury oh yeah i feel Still like we've talked it. about a night at the roxbury on this uh great movie great but movie we haven't talked about the val kilmer classic the same you know, first time on blu-ray for this uh i admit as a kid i liked this movie a lot i've not really revisited it since so i'm sure it doesn't hold up but you know legend of curly's gold rule don't rewatch the movie live with your memories or just the idea of what it could be. Yeah. As a kid, I thought this was fun, but I also have no knowledge of the original TV show or anything. Oh, yeah, so, but now I mean, you're a real saint head, so. This is a film they keep threatening. Then they do a TV show. It's like, man, the saint name brand does not have any value. Yeah, they brought this back. Yeah, yeah. or like Josh Duhamel or like another Josh. Yeah, yeah something like that. Right? We also had The Last Castle. Wow, this is real trash that my, me and my dad loved when it played. Oh, yeah. I've never seen this one. Never seen oh, this yeah. One. You got Robert Redford. You got James Gann. Gandolfini and don't they have to like prisoners take over I believe and like demand a few things uh, a few things you know the prison's pretty good but. a few things just just the essentials yeah <laughs> Um, I think Rod Lurie directed this, who is a director I kind of like for some other things, I think. We also got The Legend of Bagger Vance, another movie that I haven't watched. I've seen this one for so... I, I saw this when I was a kid and it came out. I uh, don't remember anything about it and I remember it being kind of boring. This so. was off of like Will Smith's like big hits like Men in Black, right? Because I remember he was hot when it came out. Well, this was out. his big, like, attempt at a dramatic role, I think, after, like, Wild Wild West. A magical black man who helps... Robert Redford directed this one. Whoa, it's a real Rob Robert Redford double bill. Last Castle, Bagger Vance. It's a Robert, Robert Redford week. But yeah, this is a golf movie where, you know, Matt Damon is a golfer, I think, and Will Smith is, like, some spiritual... You know, it's, you know, it's very racially tinged, you know, he definitely has the spiritual, you know, black man kind of stereotype 
down, which is something that seems very outdated. But you know what's not outdated? Our next release, The Tuxedo, the Jackie Chan movie. You know, I've never seen this movie, but I'm sure you have, right? Awful, awful. Shot in Toronto, though. He kills James Brown in the movie. Um, yeah, I don't know why I never saw this one, but I think I was this, just... It feels like it would have been right in your sweet spot. Well... Yeah, I think at this point I was growing a little bit out of, like, Jackie Chan's American crap that was coming out. Uh, I mean, the next one I'm surprised you haven't seen either. Get Rich or Die Trying, starring my man 50 Cent. I never did. And it's this week's... Blood Boy! Yeah! Blind Boy! Because neither of us have seen this. <laughs> Um, yeah, I shockingly never saw this because I mean, I mean, we all grew up with 50 Cent. We all loved 50 Cent, right? No, I never grew up with 50 Cent. Never listened to any of his music or anything. Yeah, I mean, I, I confess I don't know much beyond like the big singles, but I mean, you know, I, I liked his vibe back then. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This movie came and went and I just never really saw it. I mean, it got pretty mediocre reviews i remember at the time but you know what seemed like the perfect time to get into it now that it's on blu-ray for the first time i ever. feel like if uh, like a listener broke down all the films that we watch it's usually like new movies that are like bafflingly bad that we know they'll be bad and one of the big categories is also like late 90s 2000s yeah I urban <laughs> films like mark like goes to those like a moss to the flame dude I, I don't know what it is i just like it just speaks to me it's my sweet spot i love like talking to people like you or i was talking to somebody else and like they're like weird quirks like somebody told me they just do not like period films and i was like why and it wasn't like dramas it was like a martial arts film that happens to be a period film oh so it doesn't even matter what genre it's like if it took place in the past it's done it's done <laughs> what genre it is and like the period was pirate time and he's like i just don't like period films and i'm like i don't understand yeah i guess that works what? for me with like westerns and musicals which i you know don't really go for but you know that's the one good thing i would say about my taste is that it's very universal it is, it is. You, you... there's not many things where i'm like i don't have any affinity for this except maybe the one thing that I do not go directly to is documentaries. Anyways, Get Rich or Die Trying is basically like a documentary, right? Because it's based on <laughs> it's based on the true story of 50 Cent's upbringing. You said this was the perfect time to watch it. And that's because you could finally appreciate it in its grandeur, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, there's a bit of a history lesson. This kind of like came in the wake of 8 Mile and how successful that yeah, this was. Yeah, this is 8 Mile Clearly, they just wanted to do 8 Mile again, but with 50 Cent. And, you know, get me a rapper and get me an ancient white guy to direct it. The director of my left foot that's what the most maybe that's what ke kept me away from this at the first uh when it first came out was the fact that jim sheridan directed this who is most most known for his collaborations with daniel day lewis my left foot in the name of the father and the boxer which apparently 50 cent watched before making this for you know to get in inspired to make this movie and i never was really interested in jim sheridan or anything and yeah like why would you did you say 50 cent or sleepy cent i'm not sure he is sleepy but you know what? His backstory is legitimately interesting for a movie. Like, it's not even that there's no story there. It's just that, I mean, obviously, we all know his backstory. He was a drug dealer from when he was 12 years old. He got shot nine times. He's, he struggled. To, he was blacklisted in the music uh, industry for a while before he broke out. But this movie doesn't really go into any of that. This movie's more concerned with creating this, like, really contrived, conventional, like, Hollywood gang story that just is not true to life. Like, I don't believe a lot of this actually happened in his life. It takes like 25 minutes before he shows up in the movie. Oh my God, I know, right? Well, you get the first little intro, right? Where, where you see him get shot and then it goes back, of course, like Goodfellas style. Like this movie just wants to be like Goodfellas or something. Yeah, you know? but it's if just... it was like low energy. But low energy. And I also was really confused by this movie because they don't really... For a movie about, like, an aspiring rapper and trying to get his, like, career off the ground, they don't really go into, like, his passion for rapping or anything at all. That seems kind of important, right? Right? It just seems like at a certain point, like, yeah, they show how he had to, like, get into selling drugs and everything and his family stuff. But then at a certain point, he's just, like, rapping in the studio. And it's like, okay, I, I guess we're Yeah, I guess now. he got there. I like, guess he got there. Yeah. They, I feel like there's large chunks of this movie that got, like, cut out. But it's, like, two hours long. So, I mean, what happened here? And it just kind of, like, ends on an anti-climax. Max, you're like, oh, okay, that's it. Yeah, so I was pretty disappointed with this movie. Um, it just, you're right, it was just kind of boring. Doesn't live up to his great title. Yeah, and I like 50 Cent, but he doesn't have a ton of charisma in this role. He's just... 
he's definitely, you know, sleepy in it. And I know, you know, he's not maybe the... I, I heard he, like, had an, an actor or he had, like, an acting coach who, like, Jim Sheridan, like, threw off the set because he's like, no, I just want you to be real. I'll direct you to be real. Yeah, if this movie's bad, it's my fault. And it's like, oh, well, it's your fault then. Yeah, it's your fault. Because at the end of the day, this movie is just so inauthentic to me, you know? Like, something like 8 Mile. Like, 8 Mile is still a Hollywood movie, too. But at least there's an authenticity to, like... Eminem in that movie I feel like in his journey I guess whereas in this it just feels like a really bland generic Hollywood movie like it doesn't I don't get any sense of you know his like gritty upbringing in this it's just trying to like be a Hollywoodized version of those kind of movies but yeah this this doesn't this doesn't give me anything that I wanted from like a 50 cent biopic basically well what you need to do is you need to go uh, boot up an Xbox 360 to play 50 cent bulletproof and it's amazing uh, sequel 50 cent blood in the sand where uh, 50 Cent goes to the Middle East to hunt down a diamond-encrusted skull. Yeah, see, that's what you need. I just feel like there's so many more yeah, stories. Many stories from 50 Cent's life that could be used. Look at his Wikipedia page, and there are so many stories on there you could tell. Like, I could take a whole movie about 50 Cent and his, and his feuds, you know? Like, why didn't they do something like that? Wait, who's the person? Was It It wasn't 50 Cent, right, that, like, bought out the, like, first couple rows at a, a concert? Did you ever hear that story? So it looks like it was empty when the person came out and played. I feel like he did that because he is like the pettiest person when he gets into fights with people. So I wish they'd shown more of that, though. They really don't show any of that. He's just like this kind of benevolent gangster guy who's been like forced into the life but really wants to be a musician. But there's no personality here. He's not like, at least, you know other movies like this at least you get to see a bit of the personality of the person on display here uh, yeah there's just nothing there's just nothing to this and i mean it's got a good cast though too there's like a good supporting cast bill dukes in there viola davis terrence howard like they've got good actors here but i don't know when i put on the dvd i put on like the old dvd of this to watch it and there was a trailer for hustle and flow before it which came out the same year and also as terrence howard and that's a way way better movie about like an artist trying to like you know make his name in the rap industry after all of the bad behavior that terrence howard did has he become like a dtv actor he's still around yeah he shows up in dtv stuff now oh, and then. oh no i'm sorry he started an empire that's what happened right he's a pretty terrible person but he's also he's had the support of like taraji p henson who's always kind of stood by him through empire and everything nowadays because empire's over i guess right i think nowadays he does appear on tv and some dtv stuff but you know this was his like big this was a big year for him he was in this and hustle and flow he got nominated for the oscar for hustle and flow so he was like really famous at this point you know what there is a, a fairly entertaining you know naked shower prison scene a few years before eastern promises which yeah pre-eastern promises they did a pretty uh you know um, expose uh, prison fight scene in the shower, uh, which was pretty good. But apart from that, I don't know. Nothing much from this stuck out to Mark, me. Mark, the Paramount train. Toot, toot. Gotta keep rolling. Because we also have Super 8. Super 8, a movie that nobody really likes on 4K UHD. Why watch? You like this? I thought it was okay. Why watch a Steven Spielberg film where you can watch Steven Spielberg like? That's true. That's true. I mean, I saw it in theaters when it came out and thought it was entertaining. Monster looks like shit. Just awful looking. Yeah, you know, it's not something I ever really think about anymore. I'll say but that. You, I know what you do think about. Animal House. Animal <laughs> I know, House. I never think about this. <laughs> I hate Animal House. You know what? As the years go by, it's just bad. A friend of mine said, like, anytime they show, like, uh, best uh, classic movies of the 70s, and you see that scene of Jim Belushi, like, I'm a zit, and he, like, pops, is like, <laughs> yeah. we gotta get better material than this. Like, we've moved past this. Yeah, we're past this now. But, you know what, we're not past Dragonheart, because the five movie collection has finally come out. They have made five of these movies now, and now you can get For our- who? For who? I don't know. I saw the first one when I was a kid. Thought it was thought Me it too? was fun. I've never seen any of the sequels. I don't know. I, th I think the most recent one was only like a year or two ago too. So these are pretty yeah, recent. It was. Um, but now you can get them all together in one cheap Blu-ray pack. Jump on that. Moving on to new stuff. New, new, new. All right, we got a lot of new movies go, here. Go, go, all right, go, 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 go. Well, and stuff that everybody knows. We got Minari out this week, which is supposed to be very acclaimed, and I just have not seen it yet. Very good. We've got the Mauritanian. Um, which was a recent release with Jodie Foster and Tahar Rahim. Yeah, about the about a Mauritanian man 
who was uh, imprisoned in Guantanamo for 14 years. He wrote a book about it and everything. Um, yeah, so this is supposed to be really good. It's from Kevin McDonald, who made The Last King of Scotland. Then we've got Happily, which is a new like dark rom-com with Joel McHale and Carrie Bichet, uh, which I hear is pretty good. We've got uh, Pixie, which is a crime, an Irish crime comedy with uh, Olivia Cook and Alec Baldwin playing a priest or like a hitman priest or something like Sounds that like a recipe for it comedy looks to pretty me. dumb uh we've also got long weekend another rom-com which sounds pretty generic about some struggling oh my God, writer these titles, they're I killing know, me. Right? some struggling writer meets a woman i don't know who knows about this movie we got the sound of silence another generic title this is uh with peter sarsgaard and rashida jones peter sarsgaard plays like a guy who goes into people's places to tune their sound to make to like make their anxiety less it's kind of got an interesting premise i heard some good things about it uh we've got funny face uh, another funny another face. funny face but this is actually a really great movie this is the new movie from tim sutton who's like to me one of the most interesting like younger american directors working today he made a movie called dark knight which was kind of about the aftermath of the uh colorado shootings and everything um as well as some other stuff. Uh, this is a really interesting movie about a guy. It takes place in New York. It's about like a guy who's his family's losing their home to like building developments and kind of goes, f- finds a mask on the street and kind of wants to go on some sort of like vigilante rampage against like the developers in the city. So it's very like got this anti-capitalist, anti-gentrification kind of thing going on. Beautifully shot. It's kind of like weirdly funny. Got a lot of actors in it in supporting roles who you realize, who you recognize. And the guy, the lead actor, Cosmo Jarvis, is really good in it as well, as well as the supporting actress in it too. Uh, really great stuff. If you liked him so I would say, you know, obviously check this out. Uh, but if you're not even familiar with this director, just go into it blind. It's the kind of movie you just kind of want to go into blind. And it's like really, really interesting stuff. Uh, then we've got Son of the South, which is sounds a little less interesting, kind of like a bougie biopic about uh, the son of a in civil rights era America, the son of a Klansman, you know, has to decide what side he's on in the civil rights era. I don't know. This looks kind of bad. It's directed by Spike Lee's longtime editor. So he's making his directorial debut. Heard kind of mediocre things about this one, though. Uh, then we got Supernatural season 15. Finally, it's the last season of Supernatural. This is the last season of the show. I can't believe this show's been on for 15 years, but I was a Supernatural go. fan for the first five years, and then the showrunner left, and then I watched a couple of those season six, and then left, and I could not believe it went on for another 10 years. Jesus, right? I don't think I've ever seen an episode of this show, to be honest with you. Uh, and then we've got some anime, some uh, sort of Asian animation stuff coming out from G-Kids and Shout. Uh, we got Earwig and the Witch, which is the new Goro Miyazaki movie. Yeah, CGI looks like yeah, shit. Yeah, it looks kind of bad from the just the art I've seen. We've got The Legend of Hai, or Hei, which is a Chinese. Hey, hey, it's a wonderful a- time of day. <laughs> yeah, you got hey. it, you got it. Uh, Chinese animated movie, which looks very Studio Ghibli-ish, takes place in a world where like animals and humans coexist and everything. Looks pretty cool. Uh, and then we've also another Chinese or Hong Kong animated film called Sherlock Holmes and the Great Escape, which is about anthropomorphized animals who play like Sherlock Holmes and stuff. So it's like a dog version of Sherlock Holmes who is... <laughs> I thought it was like Sherlock Holmes gets locked up in like a World War II prisoner of war no, camp. No, no. This is just about a dog Sherlock Sherlock Holmes, you know, so uh, how am I go. supposed to know if there's no pun on his name, like uh, Sherlock Dog Holmes yeah, or something like, like that? Holmes, sure, sure, Dog Holmes. I don't, I don't know. I'm they, sure there's a Sherlock Holmes dog. Movie. Yeah, guaranteed. Well, this right? I think has been translated. I don't think the original Hong Kong title is even anything like this. I feel like this is a weird American translation of this. I see here Sherlock Bones. Sherlock Bones. I can't believe we missed that. How do they not uh, do that? Sherlock just undercover dog. That's less of a... I feel like there were a lot of missed opportunities for something. There's a better title here. Better title. So uh, we're going to keep rolling with the Shout Factory stuff because ah, they got a lot of new movies this week, which usually means they're not very good. But, uh, ooh, burn. Well, the next two are Russian films. They're really getting into the Russian stuff, eh? First, we got The Final Stand, which is a war film, another Russian war film. And we've got The Widow, which is a Russian horror film from the guy who made Baba Yaga and Queen of Spades, a bunch of these recently. 
And then we've got Caged, which is a new movie from Shout, which seems kind of weird. It's about an affluent African-American man who is imprisoned for the murder of his wife, even though he didn't do it. And it's basically just him losing his mind in solitary confinement. And the only person who can save him is Nicolas Cage. I know, I wish. But no, it's apparently just him losing his mind in solitary confinement as a female prison guard. Uh, basically like harasses and abuses him too Uh, it's supposed to be a commentary on you know obviously sort of like racism in america but it is made by a white guy so take that that with a grain of salt and prisons which are bad and should be completely abolished they should be but you know with a shout studios new movie i don't have a lot of faith in this uh, we've also got Morgue from Well Go, which is a horror film from Paraguay, actually. I feel like we don't get a lot of content from Paraguay here. That seems kind of interesting. Oh, and then back to Shout. Sorry, I'm not done with Shout yet, because we've got Deadly Force Mission Budapest, which is also known as The Rookies. This is a Hong Kong film, action film, that has room for Mia Jovovich as kind of like the token oh, white person. Oh, how did you it. not pick this as the blind buy this we week? We got it in late. We got it in late, so I didn't even know it was showing up, but... I don't know. Do you want to see this? Have you seen this? Uh, you say Hong Kong film. There's not really Hong Kong movies anymore. They're like mainland Chinese films. Well, then it's a mainland Chinese movie with Mila Jovovich in it. So I don't know. I don't know. Have you heard of this? I feel like this is more in your wheelhouse. I've heard of it, but like I'm sure people said it was bad. So I didn't check it yeah, out. Yeah, it looks, it looks awful. And with that generic, complicated title, I feel like they're trying to. Deadly Fourth Mission Budapest. Like the original title was The Rookies and you're going to change it to Deadly force mission budapest i mean whatever and then we've got deliver us from evil which is a korean action thriller which i hear is pretty good i haven't gotten a chance to check it out yet and sheep without a shepherd which is uh another i think this one is chinese or it might be taiwanese but it's with joan chen and it's another kind of like dark crime thriller with her which is supposed to be great we've got three summers which is a film from i believe argentina it's clearly i did my research this week so <laughs> there's just two too many movies there's just too, too many, many movies too many movies no three summers is a brazilian film sorry uh about a woman it takes place over a trio of summers and just about a woman who's a caretaker for luxury condominiums and it kind of looks at like the class aspects in brazil it actually looks pretty interesting and it's gotten a lot of good reviews and then going back to these vinegar syndrome partner labels we've got altered innocence volume one which is a collection of uh short films basically from directors who have been featured from altered innocence throughout the years um there's also a short film from peter strickland on here the guy who made barbarian sound studio and the duke of burgundy uh which is fairly recent but yeah this is a nice little collection of shorts and then we've got Creststone, which is a utopia release which is a new kind of distribution label through vinegar syndrome this is kind i was kind of interested in this at first it's about it's like an experimental documentary about a group of soundcloud like gen z soundcloud rappers who moved out to like a like a commune kind of thing in colorado to basically just like grow and smoke weed and like make music and just... But do they turn against each other and drama erupts? They don't. They don't. I wish. Um, You know, this movie looks really nice and I thought it like... It was definitely interesting visually, but there's not a lot here to these rappers. They kind of just like spout like philosophical things that really just come off like people that are stoned they're just like spouting off like annoying shit like at one point some guy goes into how he thinks he doesn't believe the earth is like flat or round because (laughs) and i'm like uh yeah you just kind of sound like an idiot dude but i don't know it's kind of kind of interesting and then lastly we are back on willis watch this week well i was back on willis watch this week willis watch woo I guess you weren't on Willis Watch this week. eh? Listen, if you don't pick it up as a blind buy, I ain't going to watch it probably. That's fair. That's Well, I thought last time when Breach came out, that wasn't our blind buy and you just watched that. Yeah. Well, if you you didn't like Breach, you probably won't like this because this is from the screenwriter of Breach directing this now. And it's basically the same kind of story. It has to do with like colonization of Earth and like aliens and that are coming. It's got like a resident. It rips off things like Resident Evil and like, you know, Marvel movies. It's just like a total, the total kind of ripoff that you would expect a Bruce Willis movie this day, these days. It also has Frank Grillo in there, who's, you know. So wait, I was excited because he looks like he wears a mech suit in this movie. He does, but it really looks just like some bad sort of like laser tag sort of suits they wear in this. <laughs> um, the visual effects are pretty bad. 
Yeah, this movie is just absolutely abysmal all around, but it's kind of noteworthy because I, I reviewed this movie for Slant Magazine when it came out. Oh, yeah, I remember the story. And filmmakers dragged me on Twitter for my review of it. <laughs> uh, I posted it. I didn't tag anybody in it, and they somehow found my review, I guess. Which is kind of odd because I wasn't the only person. I mean, this is a fairly big movie that got reviewed by a lot of bigger outlets. You're a little target. It's easier to take you on. Oh, yeah. I was looking up the Rotten Tomatoes and everything. It's got like a 4% Rotten Tomatoes score. Like, you know, every reviewer that reviewed this gave it abysmal reviews. And yet somehow I got called out by both the director and the cinematographer on Twitter saying that like so many trip people put their work hard work into this movie like thanks for being such an asshole and you know what <laughs> that's fine like I was an asshole about the movie like it was a bad movie and I called it a bad movie but I'm just surprised that they went trolling because it didn't look like they did that with any other reviews I remember look you <laughs> yeah I know I was like oh are they calling out like a bunch of the bad reviews and just responding no I was the only Wait, one were you particularly mean like I mean I will say I compared it it, I, I made a crack in it that Battlefield Earth was like a much better film than this. I'd which, rather watch Battlefield Earth than this any day of the week. And then Slant titled the review, I think Cosmic Sin makes Battlefield Earth look like Citizen Kane. <laughs> it definitely had like, you know, a, a snarky... Wait, did you write that in the review or is no, that... No, no, I didn't the... write that. They made So they, you know, it had a snarky tone to it, which is fine. My whole review is snarky, but... I'm just surprised they sing, they picked mine out of anybody's to, you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess they weren't, um, They, you know, they, they can call you out because you did write a review. It was public. You know what? Maybe they thought you were working for Slate, a bigger website. <laughs> I know, right? That's what it is. That's what it is. No, I mean, like, I'm not going to be one of those critics that, like, can dish it but can't take it. Like, that's fine, you know? Like, I made fun of your movie. But it was just funny because I looked him up. I'm like, yeah, they didn't go after anybody else. But also the guy, the director, was really pushing this movie on his Twitter when he was coming out. And he was, like, off. Because there were some people that were like, oh, Bruce Willis just sleeps through these movies nowadays. Like, he's not going to be any good in this. And he was, like, responding to them being like, no, no, this is really good. Give it a try. Like, if you don't like it, I'll refund your ticket. I'm like, really, dude? You're going to do that? So does Bruce Willis sleep through this movie? Of course he sleeps through this movie. When does he not <laughs> sleep through his movies? And it's, again, it's the same sort of situation, which I think we've talked about before, where any shot that's not explicitly on his face... I don't think is him because he has a credited body double. That's like part of the cast. <laughs> that's part yeah, of the cast. And I think anything where it's like the back of his head or it's like a shot from far away, it's not Bruce Willis. I think Bruce is only on set when he's like, they need a shot of his face or like, you know, like a shot that it's clearly him. That's beautiful. I love that. I love that so much. I'm, you know, I'm going to keep watching these Bruce Willis movies, I guess, till the end of time because, you know, I can't wait. And I think this director and Bruce Willis are teaming up again for something coming out soon. So I hope I get to review that because I can't wait for him to come after me on Twitter. So uh, that's it for the Bay Street Video Podcast. As per usual, stores open. Got a call to come in. Yep. Got a call or email us. Well, you can't come you in. You can't come actually, in. Actually, no. Yeah. We're just doing curbside pickups and shipping, but call or email us and we'll get together what you want it feels so surreal to like look at america and they're like all opened up i know everyone's got two shots yeah, people are going to like events and stuff like they're starting concerts up again in, in like, are they? the summer yeah there's like big con festivals happening in the u.s in like august september when does the shop open up mark when, when do you think that happens we're not sure yet i mean the provincial guidelines said something like june 14th is the earliest but like it depends on isn't it into lockdown until like july 2nd it was till june 2nd and then they said June 14th. And then they push it back to and June 14th. I think 14th. places yeah. might be able to open. But it depends on the number of people that are have their first dose of the vaccination. It depends on a bunch of factors. And now apparently they're opening schools like very soon. So we'll see what happens with that. All right. So until next week, keep on buying. And keep on renting. Cosmic Sin. These movies and many more are available at your local video store. Yeah, because I don't want the director to get mad at us. <laughs> or me specifically. If we sell a few copies, rent a few copies, then I can be like, hey, you know, I help push. <laughs> People were tricked. I'll put my review on the front cover being like, makes uh, Battlefield Earth look like Citizen Kane. Are you going to put like a little sticker that you do in the stores, even though no one's coming in? I'll put a post-it on it like that. I'm sure that would actually help it rent more, probably.